welcome everyone to the Journey of Ruth podcast. So excited to have you here with me on our very first episode. I have been just waiting to share with you over the last few weeks some of these interviews that I've been doing, and I hope that you will find as much value in the words of these women as I have. I decided to start the Journey of Ruth podcast because God has really, truly blessed me with some wise women in my life. And what I'm finding as I get older is that while this is something that everyone wants, it's not something that everyone has. And while everyone really desires this relationship in their life of someone that can give them advice, someone that can speak wisdom into their life, it's actually sometimes a difficult thing to find. So I thought, well, I know these women that have so much wisdom to share, so why don't I share them with you guys? So that's why I created the Journey of Ruth podcast, and I hope that you will truly enjoy every one of these interviews. Our first one is with Maggie Garrison. I haven't known her for long, but I met her a few years ago at my church, and I was in a Bible study that she was teaching. And one of the things that was just amazing for me to watch was, number one, how much she knew about scripture. I mean, we're talking from memory. And how much she loved the Word of God and how much she loved her Jesus. It really was a passion that you could see coming out of her, along with all of the other things that she does. She manages to fit so many things in her schedule while still making time to be a wife and a grandma. As I was editing this episode, I seriously found myself just sitting back and listening to what she had to say. And then I realized I was supposed to be doing something. I do have one correction for this episode. Towards the end, I reference a story in Exodus where the Israelites are in battle and Moses has to hold his hands up for the Israelites to keep winning. And I said that Joshua and Caleb were the ones holding up his arms when it was actually Aaron and her. Joshua was the one leading the fight. So with that, I can't wait for you all to get to meet Maggie Garrison. I hope you'll enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Everyone, I have a wonderful guest this morning, and uh, her name is Maggie Garrison. So hi, Maggie. Welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here this morning, Courtney. Say so thank you so much for coming as... Um, I've said before, I have so many wonderful women in my life that I want to share with the world because you guys have spoken so much truth into my life. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, that type of stuff? Well, I'm Maggie Garrison, as you say, and I'm on staff here at Palmcroft Church. Um, I've been on staff for over 20 years. I serve in two areas. Um, I serve in the area of missions and I serve in the area of women's ministry. Both of those together are um, a full-time job. Um, and you do them both. I do them both <laughs> with a lot of help and a lot of encouragement. Um, in the mission side, um, well, let me take a step back. Um, while people may look at these as very divergent, um, I see them as very connected. Um, the mandate's always been to go and make disciples. Amen. And it's never been, you know, you have to go to the mission field or you stay at church. It's always been both and. 
And so I enjoy tremendously helping women, discipling women, um, encouraging women to go and make disciples as much as I encourage um, our missionaries, work with the missionaries that we have here at the church. And that's a lot for one person to do. So, and I know that you do have wonderful women here at the church that help you work through that. Um, Talk about what brought you to where you are. Talk about, you know, maybe a little bit about your family life. I know that you're not just a, you know, a staff member at our church. You have other little ones that take a lot of your heart. Right. Um, My husband and I have four children. My husband's also in ministry. He's in ministry, um, not at the church in another ministry. Um, So being a two ministry family also creates a lot of um, stuff in our lives. Uh, He travels a bit and so he's gone um, probably two or three weeks out of every month um, visiting uh, the the people that he is working with. Um, I have four children. Of those four children, three of them still reside here in Phoenix. Um, The three who reside here in Phoenix are married and two of those Um, precious girls, they're all three (laughs) girls, have babies. I still call them babies, even though the (laughs) oldest one is nine and the youngest one is a year and a half. And um, the ability that I have as a grandma is amazing. And, you know, if if I could have skipped parenting and gone right to grandparenting, I would have in a heartbeat. My mom says the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so amazing. And, um, and yet it's, it's a, it's a responsibility as well. It's not just this, this privilege and I get to send them home. No, as a, as a grandma, I still need to pray for them and encourage them and, and support their parents, uh, not be contrary to their parents, but support them as they seek to raise their, their young ones in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So, Well, and I know for a fact that you do really great at that grandmaing role because sometimes my kids end up with an extra donut <laughs> that I wouldn't have given them or something like that between you and it's the way grandmas do. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. And my grand, my parents don't live close to us. So, you know, my kids get those little special gifts from you guys and other women yeah, here at the you. church. So, um, okay. So you work with missionaries all over the world. Yes, I do. I and do. I mean, all over the world. Yes. Um, approximately how many missionaries are you praying for, keeping up with, talking to? Um, 68 units. Now that could be a whole family uh-huh. or it could be one person uh, if they're single. Um, so all over the world uh, through uh, Europe and Africa, Asia, um, many of them now uh, are serving in areas where um, you can't get a visa as any as a religious worker. You have to go in as a as a businessman or a teacher or a, a leader or some kind of other other thing other than a missionary. Um, standing there, that the Holy Spirit worked within the context of the local church to raise up men to go out and carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to those places that the Holy Spirit was going to lead them to. And so, as a local church, we have that responsibility to be listening to the spirit and to help guide those and prepare them. The second part of that is after the Holy Spirit came and told Barnabas and Paul that, told the church at Antioch that Barnabas and Paul needed to be set apart, they spent time in confirmation and prayer and fasting again. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like this, you know, let's assume this and let's get ready and go. No, we have to 
make sure that we are hearing and understanding the Holy Spirit appropriately. And, and that is something that is, um, I take very seriously. And so throughout the journey, I'm always listening to the voice of the Spirit and saying, okay, is this still the way we need to go? And um, is this still what you have asked us to do? So, And I'm sure you're encouraging the couple or family you're yes. working with or yes. individual you're working with to continue to seek God's guidance and mm-hmm. um, direction. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, I love that picture of how we as a local church mm-hmm. are to be involved internationally yes. and that missions happens here and missions happens there. Um, and so talk a little bit more about how we know how you support missionaries. I mean, you're working directly with them Mm -hmm. and really getting connected with the right people and sending organizations. But what about us as the local church? What can we do to support these missionaries? Well, we, um, very simple thing is pray. I think that's probably the number one thing that missionaries need. They need to know that, that they have, uh, a body of believers, whether it's one local church or her body of believers in many local churches um, who support them that are consistently and regularly praying for them. Mm-hmm. And not just praying for them in the sense that um, please bless the missionaries, but understanding and learning what they face and what they deal with. Um, what are those needs in their life? Um, missionaries are human just like you and me and when we have we have issues with our kids they have issues with their kids you know um, we have problems with co-workers they can have problems with co-workers um, you know fortunately for us we don't have to deal with um, government bureaucracy bureaucracies that are anti um, Christianity yeah. um, but how can we support them and pray for them biblically and what are the some of those biblical prayers and admonitions that we can pray over them and with them. Hmm. Most important thing. Most important thing, prayer. Prayer. Um, And if you are looking to um, get connected with um, some missionaries that you mm-hmm. to pray for so that you can know specific requests. I mean, when I pray, it's always good to have general prayers, right? But it's also nice to kind of specifically pray. Mm-hmm. I know that this is needed in this situation. Where might you suggest someone who's like, you know what, I'd love to do that. I'd love to pray specifically for some missionaries. Where might they go? Well, there's many places to go. We do um, here at Palmcroft, we have a, a monthly newsletter that goes out and that usually highlights a missionary or two and we talk about their needs and what they're doing and and that informs people how to believe how to pray excuse me um in our uh, welcome center i have a i call it a prayer calendar for lack of a better word um and it has the list of all of our missionaries um that we can list openly mm-hmm. and uh, then i have some very biblical prayer requests that you can pray for them. Okay. Now for specific prayer requests for individual missionaries, when they're here visiting the church, there's always an opportunity to get um, to meet them, connect with them. And, and if you find that you have some sort of connection with them, um, that maybe they have um, two little boys and you have two little boys. And so you kind of understand where they are, then you get their newsletter or see, join them on FaceTime or whatever that is. And and there are prayer requests that come through that. Okay. And then on every Sunday, you open our worship folder at the back. There's a way to pray for our missionaries. Yeah. Specific ones. So. Absolutely. 
And I would assume, too, that there are missions organizations, too. Um, we have friends uh, with World Venture, mm -hmm. um, that being one of them. Um, uh, the International Mission Board with the Southern Baptist Convention. Yes. That probably their website could have specific ways you could pray as well. Absolutely. And, and as much as people do um, trash Google, <laughs> there are some great sites that tell okay. you how to pray and how to support missionaries and how to care for them. And so uh, there are some good things on Google. I love it. I know that there are missionaries out there that would love to hear individually from people. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you know a missionary, I'm sure you would encourage uh, our listeners to reach out to them and, and say, hey, I'm praying for you. Yes. Or can I send you anything? Yes. Uh, whatever that might be. Always ask before you send. Please, absolutely. <laughs> and, and always ask before you email too. Um, and the thing is, we do have, um, like I said, we have a third of our missionaries that work in in um, areas that are um, hostile to okay. Christianity. And those workers are being watched. And uh, we have been witnessing some difficulties in some of um, the nations of the world where missionaries are being asked to leave, religious mm -hmm. workers are being asked to leave. And it's because of um, emails, uh, a lot of preponderance of, of Christian talk, of of praying for you, talking using the name of Jesus and, and all those things that are sort of red flags for that hostile government and people have been, had their computers confiscated and trying to find other connections. And so please be careful. Yes, yes. You have your other responsibility here at mm -hmm. Palmcroft and that is women's ministry, which anyone who's ever been to a church can see how big oh. <laughs> of a ministry that is on top of your missions. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what you love about working with the women here at Palmcroft? Wow. Um, what I love about working with the women at Palmcroft is, um, is one thing, women. <laughs> they, are, they are women. They're like me. They deal with um, the same uh, issues that um, we deal with, you know, it's different seasons of life. I happen to be a little bit farther along that journey. I'm in the latter season of my life. Um, but I've been a wife, I've been a mother, I've experienced um, many different things in the course of my life that uh, God has taken me through and brought me on the other side um, and been able to witness um, the collateral beauty that he only he can bring about in the midst of really dark, difficult situations. Women are um, have an amazing, amazing ability to influence others. We influence husbands, we influence children, we influence um, other family members, siblings, um, friends. Uh, women are so relational and that God created us that way and we have the ability to have more influence um, because of the relationships that we have then I and I love that I love that so wow I know that um, part of the your job here is to oversee Bible studies that we do oversee women's events mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot is mm -hmm. is discipleship right uh, partially because that's what I love. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's where my what heart I love is. about you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Titus 2, 
verse 3 through 5 talks <laughs> specifically about kind of what that picture of discipleship is supposed mm-hmm. to look like. Um, and almost, I think if you were looking at it through a like non-biblical eye, if I was just to like write, give this to someone, not tell them that it's a Bible verse, they'd be like, oh yeah, those are good things for your grandma to teach you, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's not even super spiritual or, or anything. But so it, it gives us an instruction to disciple those coming up underneath us. Right. And then it even gives some very specific areas. So can you talk a little bit about what you might see in a women's ministry context or even just like, okay. hi, I'm a Christian and I just read Titus and <laughs> I feel like this is telling me to do something. What would that look like in today's world? Well, in, in today's world, um, the, uh, the ability to um, be able to speak into a woman's life has been, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, advocated to social media. Mm. And so Yikes. anything that you, any person wants to know about being a good wife, a good mother, um, a good homemaker, a good cook or whatever, can be found someplace on social media. And you have your friends and you have your, those people that you are connected with on social media who are posting that, that picture of that little, perfect little child who's going off to their first day of school and um, and their, that beautiful meal that they just made for their husband last night or that great vacation and such. And so um, that has created a, a standard which has, for some women, has been very difficult to attain. Mm. Um, my kids are not perfect. Um, I have uh, four amazing children, but um, there were some of them that just really at times, you know, broke our hearts by, by their actions. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, we are so blessed that all of them now are working, walking in with the Lord and are, are living lives that are pleasing to Him. But, you know, at times they did not look like that perfect little Facebook picture. Right. So it's a little bit harder for um, some of us older women to be able to have the ability to be able to talk into lives of of younger women and to be able to demonstrate that. Um, When Paul wrote that to Titus, he told Titus, this is what you're supposed to tell the church to do. Mm -hmm. And when we look around the the body of the church, not just Palmcroft, uh, but other churches, and I just was recently at a conference with other women's ministry and pastor's wives. And the number one thing they said was the inability of older women to connect with the younger women. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't a platform. The older women didn't feel comfortable. Um, the younger women didn't feel comfortable reaching out to the older women. And there just was this, um, this, unfortunately, this great divide. But we can't get away from what scripture tells us to do. Right. So how can we create opportunities, intergenerational opportunities for, for younger women to meet older women? Truly that can happen within the context of Bible study. And I just wanna take a step back. What I do here is called women's ministry. And it's not women's event planning, it's women's <laughs> ministry. And so ministry is the key word for me. So when I look at this, it's how do I minister to women and what are their needs? And I truly believe that Christ is sufficient. And because I believe that his word, 
the Word of God has everything we need in order to live a life of, of godliness. Yes. Paul tells us that in the book of Timothy. Also, um, he also tells us that we have give, been given everything you know, that we need in order to walk the life that God has given it, whether it's wife, whether it's mother, whether it's widow, whether it's a single woman, whether it's a broken woman, you know, in God's word, you find everything you need to um, walk as a woman of God. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't those times when we need um, additional um, professional counseling and help. I've, I found myself using uh, professional counselors at different times in my life in order to help me um, deal with some of the, the issues that have come apart as living a life in this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This crooked and perverse generation, as Paul <laughs> says. Um, but we also know that um, we have great confidence in that God has given us a lot. So I always want to have those biblical-based conversations, to be able to sit down with a woman and to, to look at... Um, God's word and to say, you know, this is, this is what this means. This is how this can impact your life and help you and, and help. And then not just tell them this is what it is, but how can you read God's word and find that out for yourself? So there's a, an idea of reaching out and asking for help. Right. And then there's a piece of personal responsibility. Yes. And actually pursuing that relationship right. with Christ. It's not, well, I will just learn everything from someone else. Right. I have to actually pursue that. And you do. And and that's the thing. You know that when we meet with a woman, what is her teachability? Yeah. And is she is she ready to go into a discipleship relationship? Or is she just looking for somebody to give her some tips, you know, so to speak, on how to um, you know deal with this this difficult situation for this time being or, or what, you know, those kind of, you know, two sentence things that's going to fix everything. And, and unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of, do you know of any? No, <laughs> I think that social media place you were talking about has yes. a lot to offer, but they usually don't pan out in the end. <laughs> they, they don't, they don't. But, um, you know, how can I just help come alongside of a, a young woman? Um, and I should take that back. Um, young we um we i have a discipler i'm 67 my disciplers in their 70s mm. um, i still need her speaking into my life um, i uh, jokingly told my class my bible study class this morning that uh, i wanted my um, tombstone to read um, she grew until god took her Ooh. Um, love it and I don't mean <laughs> around the midst. We're not talking about Christmas sweets, is no, what you're we're saying. Not, I'm yeah. not talking. Okay. But you know, just continue to to grow and to learn and to continue seeking seeking Him mm. and um, and and I was very blessed to have someone who came alongside of me when I was 21, and mm. that was where my discipleship discipler journey began. And mm. then God has used me throughout the years, and He's brought different women alongside of me throughout that time. And Again, like you've said, I don't know where I would be without the the wisdom of, of women who have who have just spoken into my life. So. Absolutely. And we always we talk about uh, when we are looking at discipleship here at Palmcroft and what it looks like to help women find discipleship in their own life or mm -hmm. um, find someone to disciple. 
Uh, You know, we talk about the woman that makes a good disciple. And the fact, you, you, you mentioned a little bit of it, that we found an acronym that's horrible for any, any <laughs> yes. kind yes. of yes. women's ministry because the acronym was FAT. Yes. And that's just not good no. for women at all. No. But um, Where's the, Noom when you need it? Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, it's just, oh my gosh. So we, we added a letter, but the F stands for faithful. Yes. Um, the A stands for available. Yes. The T stands for teachable. Mm-hmm. We added an E to make it fate yes. <laughs> instead of fat. Um, and the E is eager. Yes. And all four of those things, I think, are important when you're looking for a discipler mm-hmm. or to be disciples uh, because it can be a hard walk. Yes. Because you've you got to be honest with that other person. Yes. Um, and you have to be ready for them to be honest back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I know that um, that's one thing that I think um, God has blessed m- me with being in a relationship with you is that, you know, I was reading the other night about Jethro and Moses mm-hmm. and um, about the fact that Jethro came to Moses and Moses is just showing him all of this stuff and that, that how God has blessed the Israelite people. And then Moses goes about his day and Jethro's watching him be the one and only judge. Yes. And he goes to him and says, this is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. You cannot do all of this on mm-hmm. your own. And I wonder if that was hard for Moses to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, because basically Jethro was like, you got to turn over some of this to other people. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have come to me and said, hey, I see that you're doing a lot of good things, but you got to give up this part and this part. Mm-hmm. And... Um, my uh, partner here in ministry, Kim and I have said, well, we can do it. And you've literally flat out said, no, you can't. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah. <laughs> and we were like, oh, yeah. I guess we can't. Maggie yeah. told us we can't. But it took that outside perspective mm-hmm. um, to kind of lead and guide us and direct us. So I just was wondering with, um, you know, talking about a discipler, um, disciple relationship mm-hmm. speak to the well I'll speak to the the maybe younger women that are like okay you're a new mom yeah. um, and you need that that leadership and that guidance mm-hmm. um, and I know some people would say well, I don't know anyone yes um, well first of all meet mine meet my tribe <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted to do this podcast is because I am blessed with wonderful women that God has put in my life. Um, But my first suggestion is pray. Yes, absolutely. And uh, ask God to send you that woman and start looking. Mm -hmm. Don't go through life just like saying, well, this woman's just going to like knock on my door. (laughs) Nor will there be a neon arrow over her head that says discipler, discipler. Yes, right. You need to be looking and thinking and, and, and kind of saying to yourself, who are the people that are already around me um, that are, they have maybe a marriage that I would love to emulate, or I see the way that they love on their children. Yes. And I would love to know how to love and discipline with grace mm-hmm. instead of with so much yelling or <laughs> whatever it might be. And that's a good person to mm-hmm. just go up and, and say, Hey, can we get coffee? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to start with, Hey, can you disciple me? <laughs> no, you do not. Please don't start with that. <laughs> no, I'm, 
I don't think it's is um y- yes prayer is where you need to start with mm-hmm. absolutely you know putting it before the Lord this is my heart's desire Lord I, I I want someone to be able to speak into my life that's that eager yes piece that you talked about yeah um and then make sure that your your focus is not just narrowed on 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 who you think might be the the perfect discipler, but allow God to open your eyes and illuminate, um, you know, as you look around the church on Sunday morning, you know, the person that may be a really unbelievable discipler for you may be sitting next to you in the service. Hmm. And, you know, and we're creatures of habit. We tend to sit in the same places each week and, and usually during that mm-hmm. greeting time, you know, hi, how are you doing? What's going on? You start to get to know this woman a little bit. You see her consistency and faithfulness in, in coming to church. Um, it may be as close as the woman you sit with in, in Sunday service. Yeah. Or your Bible study class. If you're in a Bible study sitting around a table, whatever, you know, maybe another woman at the table, that you just so appreciate her answers. And what she says um, demonstrates she has the mind of Christ. And she, uh, being that she's also humble, and she's obedient, and she is a servant as well. So I don't know if we've come up with an an acronym for the disciplers, but, you know, um, you know, if we look at the second chapter of Philippians, you know, he lays out, um, you know, Paul starts with by saying, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right. and then lays out what he was, you know, even though he was in the, um, he was God, he did not count uh, equality, something to be grabbed hold of, and he was obedient until death of the cross, and he was a servant, and and he was not doing the exalting. It says, then God highly exalted him. So look for that humble, obedient, servant-hearted woman. Um, and those are the attributes that um, you want to you know, pull into your life. Absolutely. All the other stuff comes. Hmm. All the other stuff comes. I, if you're looking for a woman of, of character, you're going to find a great discipler. Hmm. A friend recently was at a conference and she said the, um, the man who was speaking said that his greatest um, lesson that he learned as being a pastor for over 30 years uh-huh. was to hire healthy, not smart. So hire mm. a man of character, hire a woman of character, not a, a, a person who looks like their resume is all put together. So look for a person of character for if you're looking for somebody to disciple you. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And I think that your discipler can be of any age. I don't Absolutely. think it has Absolutely. to be like, well, I'm 20, so they have to be at least 30 years older than me or, you know, um, but I do encourage all of our listeners that if you are um, finding yourself only surrounded by people of your own age, like I am only surrounded by other moms who are have you know small children. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there is a very necessary encouragement that comes from that group. Um, yes. And so, please continue. Yes. <laughs> continue fostering those relationships because, mm-hmm. you know, that's really important to have people that are walking with you through that yeah. time. I think it's really important um, to seek out relationships of people that aren't the same 
place in yes, life yes. as you. Um, that's actually how I got to know Maggie more. I went into her Bible study that she was teaching along with our dear friend Marion. And um, fast forward two years later, <laughs> Marion and I yes. <laughs> taught together. Um, and I loved doing that because uh, we won't say Marion's age. We love you, Marion. But um, she is. I think I already did. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay. So um, she's older. Yes. Um, and um, then myself being in my 30s, and the two of us were teaching a young mom's class together. And that was so much fun because we had different perspectives yes, on scripture. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and on just like uh, discussion questions because of what, um, the, the, what life had brought us through. Yeah. And so if you're a young woman, I would love for you to go and find a Bible study where you are surrounded by women of different ages. Yes. Um, yes. and, or some kind of, um, whatever, go to your women's events that aren't just for the younger women, but for mm -hmm. the older women and actually get to know those older women because there is a world of knowledge of wisdom mm -hmm. um i have we have a group of women in a text chain that mm -hmm. we um you know really had to do with our if gathering event that we did here at our church yes um that's what it started with yes but now <laughs> but now it is um literally just our prayer chain Absolutely. and when something happens in one of our lives we can put it out there and we know that those women are praying and you should see the response that these ladies mm. give to us, you yeah. know, and we're talking ladies of all ages, having yes. just graduated college all the way to grandmothers. Yes. And I describe these women as um, when I'm going through a really hard time, which I have been recently with my mom and her health, um, I feel like when I can't fight, when I am weak, mm. it is these women that just like, um, Joshua and Caleb, right? Yes. Did with Moses. Um, they held up his arms during that time when God told him to raise his staff. And as long as the staff was, was raised, the Israelites would prevail. Mm -hmm. And they sat and they held his arms because he could, he, his physical strength was gone. Right. And I feel like these women are there to be that physical mm -hmm. and spiritual strength in a time when I can't be. Right. And I think that the, that comes from a beautiful picture of, you know, you're you're in another place in life than me, but because of that, you can give me diff different perspective, yeah. that type of stuff. Um, but some of those women in there are older women. So mm -hmm. can you kind of speak to that side? Like you're an older woman or... Thanks, or, or, I'm sorry, <laughs> not okay. you, but okay. I am. <laughs> um, I once said this in a, a women's event. I said, if you're an older woman, and Maggie looked at me like, are you serious, Carney? <laughs> more mature, should we say? Absolutely. Um, but I do mean more mature because sometimes, yeah. like, um, I am 34, mm -hmm. but there are women who need discipleship from someone my age, right? right? right. Um, so uh, if you are more mature than someone else mm -hmm. um, and you would love to be a discipler, mm -hmm. how do you pursue that? Um, and why should you pursue that? Um, first of all, you should pursue it because it's God's heart for the church. Amen. <laughs> I didn't um, tell her to say that. No. <laughs> uh, the, the blessing from studying God's word um, and the, the, books that I've been intent on the last couple of years have been Second Timothy, Acts, and Philippians. And mm -hmm. those are 
you know, certainly the book of Acts talks about the formation of the church. And, and when the church came together at the beginning, they needed everyone. Yeah. They needed one another. Um, I can just, I would have loved to have been back there when um, Lydia, who was the first disciple in, um, in Philippi, you know, and, and she took Paul to her household and then Paul preached there and every one of her household also became saved. And just, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to see how that early church just had to support and encourage one another. And then, then you get a Roman slave, uh, not slave owner, but a Roman guard. Yes who comes into this mixed as well. So here you have this, this woman who's a business owner and then you have this Roman guard and, and they come into the church. So the, the, the differences and the uniquenesses of, of, um, of us, you know, are not supposed to separate us, but they're supposed to bind us together and, and bring us together. And, and um, humility is just having that mindset, mm. that mindset that everyone is valuable and Everyone is valued because everyone is created in the image of God. Yeah. And so all of us need to have somebody connected with us that helps and stimulate us. And, and Courtney, you've done an amazing job in my life um, by watching you walk and, and hearing your story. Um, you have blessed me. I love your passion. It reminds me that passion is still a thing. <laughs> Um, in, in young women's lives and that they can be excited about something else other than um, Facebook. Yeah. But it's just, f the church is f was created for the body of believers. God knew that we needed one another. Mm -hmm. And so he started the church, you know, these drawing together believers in houses and um, then Today we have them in buildings, we still have them in houses, but buildings, schools, where church buildings, whatever that is, but we need each other. I can be the most humble person in the world when I am in my bedroom by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I can be, I'm really good at unity by myself. By yourself, yeah. By, by myself. But don't ever get in fights with anyone that way. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. But, you know, that's not how we're called to live. We're yeah. called to live in community with one another. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, we need to know how to. So we need to learn from each other. How do we live in community with one another? And that's by walking the way that Jesus, by having his mind. Yeah, absolutely. When you and I initially talked about discipleship here at Palmcroft, um, I came and said, Maggie, I We're think... not going to talk about books, are we? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, if you need a book to read, just call Palmcraft Church and ask for Maggie Garrison. She'll give you 10. Uh, <laughs> I walked in and I said, hey, I, I, I'm feeling this passion or this, this draw to mm -hmm. maybe doing a discipleship ministry here at Palmcraft. Is this ever anything that you thought about? And uh, she's like, well, who would lead this ministry? And I said, well, me. And she said, great. That's what I was hoping you would say. And, um, and we had a great mm -hmm. discussion. And then she sent me home with, I'm not even exaggerating. 15 books? It was a good stack. Yeah. And um, and then asked me two weeks later, so how are you doing? <laughs> I was a young mom. <laughs> I was working. And I was like, Maggie, I think I've gotten through like two chapters. <laughs> hey. hey, that's good. Hey, it some. I will be honest, some of them I never read and I just returned to her. Cause, that's okay. Um, but some of them I did, you know, yeah. take to heart. But one of the things that you said is that when, because of course you being the women's ministry director here a lot of women come to you mm -hmm. for 
discipleship or mm -hmm. advice. Or, and sometimes they want like an extended amount of discipleship and, and you can't really offer that because you have two full-time jobs plus a bunch of other things you didn't even mention. And what you found is sometimes those that you ask to disciple, like, mm -hmm. hey, we have a woman, would you be interested? Mm -hmm. Or I'm looking for disciplers. Um, what you get is, I don't know if I could do that. I, mm -hmm. uh, I'm just scared mm -hmm. or I, I don't know enough. Just talk directly to those women that are in that position. Like, yeah, I know the Bible says that, but it's scary. Well, it is scary. And, but we have also been told that God takes care of all of our fears hmm. and he has, um, he has a remedy for that. Um, and the remedy is knowing that um, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus Christ in your life, you can do, you can accomplish um, a lot, a lot. Um, we tend to think, um, older women tend to think that um, you young ones are so smart. <laughs> and I'm sorry. That's... No, it's okay. No, really. <laughs> and it's just because we, when we're looking from a different perspective, mm -hmm. you know, what you all have had to already walk through in your lives, deal with. Um, the majority of you now are coming out as college graduates. Most of the women that are in my generation um, probably didn't even go to college. And so they already think that their, um, your intellect has far superseded theirs. And so there's this little uh, intimidation uh, factor, fear factor that is, is happening. Um, but again, it doesn't take much. The first time I sat down with an, an, an older woman, older by only two years mm -hmm. in my life, you know, we had no idea what we were doing. There was no curriculum. There was no um, book on how to disciple one another. Right. We just went to God's word hmm. and we just started reading and she would stop and she would just say you know so what do you think about this and what does this look like for you and and um and there were times that i'd ask her the same question um, oh i like that so the backwards the backwards it it doesn't um it doesn't really matter i think what god desires is that and is there a we know in Titus it says older women are to train the younger women. But when we look at the Great Commission, there mm -hmm. is no this age group on being right. a discipler. It just says go and make mm -hmm. disciples. And I don't know how we can ever get away from those last words of Jesus. Yeah. There's a reason why they were his last. Absolutely. Nothing Jesus did was an accident. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing he did was an accident. And even if we go to that first chapter in in Acts, he's just continuing that great commission by saying, okay, now, uh, you know, take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts mm -hmm. of the world, which then brings us to the missions component. Yeah. But it's all about discipleship. Well, and I love the idea that discipleship isn't this, isn't always this hyper-spiritual thing. Oh, no. Right? No. Sometimes it is like, I'm really struggling with a, a belief issue, or I'm struggling with a theological issue and I, I need help just kind of sorting this out. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing is if you are discipling someone and you didn't go to Bible college, <laughs> which I did not. I did not. Uh, yeah. So there you go. There are great books out there that you can walk Absolutely. through Absolutely. with your disciple. Mm -hmm. um, so 
you're learning at the same time she is. Right. Which is a fabulous place to be. Right. Um, and the fact that the Titus verse, um, it, it talks about, okay, what are we supposed to train these women up in? It says to be self-controlled, love their husbands and children, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their, ho- their husbands. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say anywhere, teach them to be a theologian. No. No, it doesn't say that. But um, I always, theology has got a really bad rap. It's not just this big, huge kind of got to go to seminary to get. Right. Theology is just the study of God. Yeah. And for every one of those things you read, we need to know who God is in order to effectively know how to self-control. Well, and that's so, the end of the verse, right? Yeah, it yeah. says that the word of God may not be reviled. Right. So the idea is that you can see God in every part Absolutely. of those things that Absolutely. we talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, but just looking at this woman and saying, you love your husband well. Yes. I want to learn to love my husband well. Mm-hmm. So, and I know like for you and your husband, you guys spend a lot of time apart. We do. <laughs> you should see her calendar <laughs> on her wall. It's, if you're one of those people that likes to have a really clear cut calendar and lots of, of you know, space. <laughs> your brain would melt looking at her calendar. <laughs> and that's not the calendar that has Brent's trips that's on it. That's true. So that's just, you know, that's just my, you. that's just my aspect there. Um, the first thing I would probably tell you is if you came to me and asked about, you know, my relationship with my, my husband and, mm-hmm. and, you know, looking at us and seeing, you know, maybe we're this amazing couple. Um, it has taken 45 years to get to this amazing couple and we're still working on it. Yeah. We, our marriage is never going to be perfect but yet we've committed to 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 speak into each other's lives and i think that's if i could communicate that um to to younger women you know yeah you know it's it's not going to be perfect today and it's probably not going to be perfect tomorrow and it's probably not going to be perfect uh when one of you finally you know is in the arms of jesus Mm -hmm. but it's this you just need to keep working at it working at it you know, you've made this covenant relationship, and so honor and res- be responsible for that covenant relationship, mm-hmm. and that's um, and got that has gotten us through some really tough times. Uh, mm-hmm. God, uh, where Satan would have had a primary um, inroad into our lives yeah. because of uh, life happenings, he could have split us apart easily, very easily. But because of our com- commitment our covenant relationship with one another you know we we stood we worked things through and and now yeah we um we have amazing road trips i love going on a road trip being in a car with my husband is so much fun because um, you don't do the motorcycle with him no, no actually i have to have a cup of coffee a cup holder <laughs> you know and we have to be able to have conversation you know that's side right. by side and that's uh, that's great but uh, i often <laughs> tell people if they had uh, a camera into our road trips that it would probably be the funniest movie they've ever seen in their life because we just are crazy people um but uh, we i needed to know that it was okay to be vulnerable with somebody else Mm -hmm. with a younger woman and say you know this it it is hard you know marriage is not easy why do you think god gave us that um that uh picture of of marriage being between christ and the church Mm -hmm. you know there are things that have to happen you know the the wife has to uh, honor and respect her husband just like the church has to honor and respect jesus who is the head but christ is responsible for loving the church and for 
embracing the church and forgiving the church everything it needs in order to to be the church and to do church as well um i could go on a tangent but i'm not going to (laughs) well you can see now why i asked her to come on just right there if you need to fast forward to that right there that's someone needs to hear that um but okay so we end Mm -hmm. all of ours with two questions okay so the first question is who is it that discipled you and helped you get where you are now um I'm going to, can I do two people? Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, I think the first one would have to be, I'd have to say my first disciple was Carol Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me say, uh, preface this, you know, my mom was an amazing woman and I learned a great deal from her, but it was most of this, um, you know, um, I just, I caught a lot by watching her in this intimate relationship as mother daughter. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't this sit down kind of. Uh, formal discipleship relationship. So when I'm answering your question, I'm looking at this more of a, this formal, intentional mm-hmm. discipleship yeah. relationship. And so I'd have to say, first of all, Carol. Carol and I came together. Um, I was 21. Um, she was 23. Um, we were the only two single women that age at our church at that point in time. So um, we hung out together um, shortly after we... Um, connected in a more um, intentional discipleship relationship her mom passed away and then just three weeks later my father passed away so we saw this journey then became a journey of of understanding of of grief and what that looks like Mm. from a biblical perspective and um, there I remember just spending weeks and weeks probably it was months actually in Psalm 23 yeah and not at points not being able to get past the Lord is my shepherd just, you know, that, that focus on the Lord is my shepherd, even through, you know, uh, the sudden death of my father and even through the loss of her mom, you know, it was just this amazing, amazing kind of time coming together mm-hmm. with another person and not feeling alone and, and having someone else who is at this kind of same place in the journey. You know, that was at my age, 21 was very, would have been very difficult to find somebody else um, mm-hmm. to, who could understand that. And then I just fast forward to 45 plus years later where um, um, I'm with this sweet woman right now, Marion, who continues to, um, by intentionally and unintentionally, just by living her life, I get to see uh, the mind of Christ displayed in her. And she's amazingly humble. She's gifted. She is in many ways everything I am not. Um, And... And Courtney's guys, laughing because she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> you guys, you guys um, support each other very well. You guys con- or complement each other really right. well. And I know that, you know, she thinks that I'm discipling her, but in the reality, she's discipling me. Mm. And so I, I see that over and over again. And I, t- I tell her that a lot too, but she just doesn't seem to want to believe it. So She doesn't think she has anything to say, and yet... I just sit and listen I when know. she talks and I think I need to have a Marian notebook and just right. write down the wisdom that just spills out of her mouth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're not talking on purpose. We're like having coffee. Yes. And yes. she's just talking and I'm yeah. like, that was a, a yeah. really good one, Marian. Yeah. And and knowing her life story, just you know, this is a woman who has um has been through rough, rough waters yeah. 
And yet, again, I use that term again, this collateral beauty that has come out of her life. I mean, her, her wisdom comes from being in really deep, deep waters, but knowing that God was with her and then knowing that he was going to get her through that and, mm -hmm. and being able to see that and witness, even though they weren't the same, our situations were never the same. Yeah. But I what I see a woman before me who is is confident in the living hope of Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then our last question okay. is uh, what challenge would you leave based on what we've said? We've talked about that mm -hmm. a lot today. Mm -hmm. Would you leave with our listeners like if they were inspired by something we talked about today? What's a challenge you might give them? Uh, don't get a reputation of giving people other books oh, to read. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is a joke at our church that if you don't want a book to read, don't go ask Maggie because she has a book for everything. Uh, you would think, I, I think if she could own every book that she would suggest, oh. she would need all of the offices in Absolutely. our church yeah. office so that just to steal or to store her books um so but that's why i love that the church library moved just outside my office right of course yes. did you make sure it moved closer <laughs> i had nothing to do with that but boy has it been a great benefit and blessing i bet yeah. i bet um i think i would um really it's not as hard as it sounds discipleship is basically sharing your life yeah. with with one another um, using what God has told you um, we we have to look at the master disciple who is Jesus Christ mm -hmm. he spent his life with people you know yes we have those words in in the Gospels but that's not everything he wrote I mean uh, you know Luke said if and John both said you know if we wrote everything down you know the you know the scrolls could not contain them all yeah. but um, but what we see of Jesus is he just spent time and he used whatever opportunity there was to be able to point that person um, to a relationship with himself or um, to show them more about who God was, who the Heavenly Father was. Mm. So don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> just <clears throat> share life with each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Share life, share the word of life. Mm -hmm. As we've talked about, um, we love the... Um, the open your Bible um, analogy of, of climbing a tree. Yes. You know, there's already somebody who's farther along on the journey than you are. And that doesn't necessarily mean a, an, an older person. They're just right. farther along on the journey. Yeah. Um, for like our friend Kim, who became a believer, you know, with, as a young mom, you know, she um, had, there were people who were probably her young, her same age who were farther along on the journey. Right could still speak into her life as 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 a young mom mm -hmm. um but being the same age right being the same age and so it, who is that person who's just like i said earlier who is who's got who's already demonstrating godly character godly wisdom demonstrating the mind of christ that paul lays out so well in the second chapter of philippians and then um and then just gleaning everything you possibly can because everything impacts every aspect of our life. Mm. There's nothing in our life that is not impacted by the Word of God and, and the, the Holy Spirit living in us and the, what Jesus Christ has done through us through His work on Calvary. So yeah, it's all there. It's all there. Well, thank you so oh, much for joining us today. I hope, I don't know if any of this made sense, but. <laughs> you know what? I think that it did and okay. we know that something in today's yeah. you know discussion yeah. someone needed to hear yeah. and um and that's what i love about podcasts yeah. is yeah. that i can listen to the same one as yeah. someone else and yeah. 
and pull away exactly what God wanted me right. to hear. So, And we have such a relationship that I know sometimes I say things and you've already carried it to the point where I was going to make right. because of because of our relationship with one another. So I think sometimes I just abbreviated stuff because I know, oh, she's got it. She's got it. And not thinking, OK, there's this audience out here. Wait a second. Where's the audience? <laughs> so, well, yeah. Thank you so much You're for welcome. You're welcome. coming and, and speaking with our listeners and love for you, encouraging them. You are love such you a too. blessing to me. I love your passion. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, are you leaving encouraged? I don't know, maybe you're like me and you need to sit down with a pen and a paper and just listen again so you can write down some of those things that you thought, wow, I need to remember that. Anyway, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Journey of Ruth podcast. If you love the episode, please go and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. This helps us and helps new people find us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the podcast, you can head on over to Patreon and join our community over there. Finally, I hope that you'll share this with your friends. Send it over to those people that you know will be inspired by our conversation today. I hope you all have a great week, and I'll see you back here next Monday on the Journey of Ruth podcast.